You're listening to the Beside the Badge podcast with your host, Paul Bunker, veteran chaplain and friend to law enforcement. Welcome back to another episode of Beside the Badge. I am your host, Paul Buckner, civilian police chaplain. Let's talk about some stuff. So I have been blessed over the last week or so, and a lot of little great things happening. I am officially signed up for a chaplain class later this month. So when this airs, uh, it will be about a week out from when I get to take that chaplain class. So I'm looking forward to talking about that. Um, Something you may notice if you're watching the video version of this is behind me up on the up on the podcast set, there are three dice. And the reason for this, they're actually glued together. They are a very powerful reminder to me. They're glued together all sixes. And I did this, I did this actually last night. Uh, It comes from a conversation I had with a gentleman who asked me to to elaborate. And I thought, you know, that's a powerful reminder. I'm going to put that reminder up. And so uh, it's glued together with three sets of sixes rolled. And um, I talk about the fact that in in situations we want to train as much as possible, um, we want to um, we want to have as many die roll as possible when the bad guy comes against us. And uh, I'll talk about this more, and I'll flesh this out in subsequent episodes. Uh, but we want to be we want to be as on point and on the ball as we can be. And actually, with my uh, church safety guys uh, broadcast, when when we do that. Uh, actually up on the wall behind me on it is actually one dice with a one snake eye as in, well, one eye. But anyway, the idea is that we want the bad guy to have as little input as possible on, on attacking and harming. So, uh, there's actually some, some pairing between the two. I'm gonna put this back on the wall over here. And, um, so that's why that's up there. Some of you will have noticed it and wondered what it was. That's why it's there. So uh, past uh, past week, did the chap- uh, get the chaplain class done, or as in uh, signed up for the chaplain class, rather. And then I've been thinking about for probably two or three months and then heavily over the last week about doing a podcast on the power of prayer. And it's it's one thing for me to have a ministry of presence and climbing the cruiser with you to to ride with your department to pray over a meal to ask God to keep you safe, but your faith and your walk with God you need to be doing this. Um, if you're a father, a mother, if you're a brother or a child, and that pretty much covers everybody, brother, sister, or child, pretty much covers everybody. You you have, in my opinion, an obligation to come home safe to your family. And you're out there protecting and serving. Maybe you're listening to this in your blue family. Um, you know, you've got family or friends that are in law enforcement. This is where the power of prayer comes in handy. I will pray all of the time. I'm, I'll be at a business working and I'll hear sirens and I will pray for the safety of those first responders. And I even pray for the safety of the person they're responding to. If we don't, if we don't have to hurt the person that the call is responding to, then great, right? That's that's ultimately, if the bad guy surrenders, that's what we want. And then there's just the fact that there's medical calls on car accidents, and I pray for the safety of those that are working the scene or whatever. And I try to live a life that is marked by prayer. And I'm going to talk in just a moment about what prayer is and kind of think about that. But I try to live a life that is marked by prayer. And it's one thing for me to be praying 
as you're going down the road to a call and I'm praying for you, I'm praying with you. I've had, I've had officers call me, text me, uh, FaceTime me, uh, which was that one. A couple of those were kind of interesting because they were driving rapidly to something. Uh, and you know who you are if you're listening to this, but they have, um, they have communicated with me as to the fact that they wanted me to pray. Um, they were headed to a SWAT call. Couldn't talk about the details, but will you please pray? And uh, there, there is truth to the saying, there's no atheist in a foxhole. And when things are bad, I've never had anybody say, uh, no, no, I don't, I don't want you to pray because they, they want that. Everybody wants to be protected in a situation like that. And so let's talk just a moment about what prayer is. Prayer is us talking to God, um, the creator of heaven and earth. And um, it is... It, it does not have to be us formally, eyes closed, heads bowed, um, on our knees in a closet somewhere praying. It doesn't have to be hands lifted up at the front of a church. It, it doesn't have to be us even stopping. I have literally prayed in circumstances um, helping uh, as a first responder after a tornado, and there was much carnage. Um, and, we, and somebody would say, man, we really need this. And I would say, amen. Prayer is, who are you talking to? What is the need or the desire? That's prayer. And prayer can be as simple as God know. Now, I'm going to tell you a couple of stories here in a minute about the power of prayer, and, and you can take them or leave them. If you're a person of faith, um, you'll probably go, I can identify with that. If you are someone who who does not yet know the Lord, I pray that he reveals himself to you uh, through his word, um, through through people, through messages. But when you when you discover that relationship and you immerse yourself in that relationship and praying, um, there is there is a whole other world that opens up there. And I don't know how to explain that any further. I'm not trying to be, you know, ooh, I'm I'm being very, very serious. God is good and it's amazing what he can do in our lives. And I think especially in and around the law enforcement first responder world, there's a tendency to rely very heavily on the flesh, on ourselves. And uh, I am a first responder. Um, I am not yet law enforcement, but we're going to fix that uh, starting in August of this year. Uh, but as the Lord opens those doors uh, in your life, and I pray he reveals himself to you, I want to see you become a person whose life is marked by prayer. So a little bit more about what prayer is. Prayer is us communicating again with the, the maker of heaven and earth. And prayer is um, a request, a, a thank you. And that's a big part of it. If you, want to, if you want a template for how to pray, look up the Lord's Prayer. And I don't mean that we need to pray that verbatim. Some people, I think, take that a bit too seriously. We're to have a relationship. We're not to do things by rote. Um, if you, if your church does the Lord's prayer as a congregation, that's great. But if your prayer life only consists of saying that prayer over and over again, there's a lot there. We're literally warned by the Lord, not to be religious, but to have a relationship. And, and our, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ was actually very hard on people who were, who were religious, but had no relationship. And, and we can fall into that trap. I think if we're not careful, um, and have a tendency to pray the same thing the same way. Um, it's meant to be communication, a conversation between the created and the creator. And so without belaboring that anymore, um, the, and, I, and I'm going to add one more thing to that. So I guess I will belabor that just a little bit more. 
um, when when we look at the Lord's Prayer, it says our Father, and it's talking to God. Um, we are not to be praying to anybody but God. Literally, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ prayed to God. Um, and if that offends you, I understand. Um, there are certain um, sects of Christianity that pray to saints. There's no power in that. Literally, it's empty. And the Word of God literally tells us we are to pray singularly to God. Uh, if you don't believe me, that's some research that you need to do. If you want your prayers answered, pray to God. And uh, so moving on, um, I have seen some absolutely incredible, unbelievable things uh, in my time as a Christian and in my time as a chaplain. And I, I come from a place of faith where my parents raised me in a Christian home. And I've talked about that before. I owe a great debt to my parents. And, and these are stories of God moving that you can take them or leave them. If, you, if you're if you not ready to believe in miracles, if you're not ready to believe in the power of prayer, I respect that. But I challenge you to stay the course and stay with me on this, on this podcast, uh, this particular episode. Stay the course and stay with me. Um, I, I literally remember being a kid and I would have been five or six years old and uh, I'll have to post a picture on my social media of the cabin I grew up in. It was 24 foot square. One of these days I'll talk about it at length. Um, I was raised for a guy who's currently 42. I was raised more in line with you, like your 80 some odd year old, 90 some year, odd year old grandparents and great grandparents. Um, it didn't have running water in it until I was probably close to 10, seven, seven to 10 years old, somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, but anyway, the, the front porch, the front step was a stone slab, kid you not, still there. And, uh, my parents were having to bring water into the house. And so we didn't yet have the spring house set up. We had a neighbor who was, we called him Papa Kite. He was a neat guy. His name was Orville Kite. He was a really, really neat guy. He's passed away many, many years ago. And um, he was an officer in World War II, if that gives you an idea of his age. And uh, he was, I think, in his 30s in World War II. So um, we would go and get these glass jars filled with water and bring them back to the house. You didn't have the uh, proliferation of plastics the way that you do today. Uh, and the, the, the glass jars were much more durable. Well, one of my sisters, there were five of us children, one of my sisters wanted to help desperately and um, my parents had told her no because she was too small and she decided she was going to do it anyway. And she timed it perfectly. Little kids have an uncanny ability to move quickly. Uh, the, the fastest land mammal, as I recall, is a cheetah uh, right behind the human toddler. I've never, I've never understood why God made toddlers so stinking fast. Well, she was quite young. She was two, three years old. And she grabbed one of these jars and took off with it as fast as she could towards the house. You know, I'm going to help me help. And being the stubborn thing that little kids sometimes are, often are. And she dropped the jar. When she dropped the jar, it shattered. The base of the of the jar was there. It was really more of a jug. And there were these, uh, there were these spikes sticking up out of the jar once they shattered uh, on the step. And I remember, I remember vividly seeing it. And it was one of my first encounters with the power of prayer and the protection that God uh, will sometimes afford us in those moments when we pray in faith. 
And so uh, it shattered. She stopped and was kind of up on her tiptoes and teetered and actually fell straight towards this thing. And there were these, these shards of glass sticking up that would have impaled her. She would have died. And I remember my mom screaming, God, no. Now, what is prayer? God is, who are you praying to? She addressed to whom it may concern, to God. And her prayer request, no, I don't want to lose my child. And scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit takes our prayers and turns them into groanings and emotes them in a way to God that we can't express, but it's what we mean and it's what we feel. And I truly believe that because in that moment, um, it was it was a fervent, it was absolutely, she was all in. She was praying with everything that she had and she screamed, God, no. She meant it. It wasn't her taking the Lord's name in vain. She was talking to God. There was no time to hit her knees. There was no time for any kind of a formal prayer to take hands and form a circle. And all that's fine when you have the time. And that's part of why I share that story is so much in so much of the time in and around law enforcement, in, in and around the things that that you guys see out there in the world as police officers, there isn't time. Um, you are headed there quickly. And I think that's where oftentimes officers are like, well, I just didn't have time to pray. Well, you, you have time while you're steering and turning and moving in between those radio calls to just simply say, Lord God, protect us. Keep us safe in your son Jesus name. There's That took two seconds. And there is amazing power in that. So my sister's falling, and you can take this or leave it, and I literally watched her get propelled about four feet sideways, and she hit the ground. She survived. She was not cut. She landed literally four feet away. I saw this. I remember this distinctly. I know there is a God. I know there is power in prayer. I know that he supernaturally protected my sister. And that has marked my life. There's never been a point in my life that I've not believed in God. There's never been a point in my life that I've not believed in the fervent power of prayer, or the power of fervent prayer, to be more specific. And so um, when I was 15, I actually watched a man basically die in a car accident. Um, he'd come around the corner, ended up massive injuries on our part. A great guy. Never got to meet him while he was alive. Uh, hopefully get to meet him in heaven. But he he was a great guy, young man, had his whole life ahead of him, um, had a blowout in the rain. And uh, we stopped in the road. There was nowhere for us to go. And he hit us head on. And I saw the last expression his face would ever see when I was 15. He was dead, I believe, within the hour. And that marked things for me in my life, um, makes you think differently about things. And having watched a man essentially die, um, I saw him look up. I saw the fear on his face. I saw that expression. Having seen that, it not only marks you, but later in life, probably 17 years ago, 16 years ago, I was driving and I watched an accident unfold in front of me, a terrible situation. And as this accident was unfolding in front of me and I'm witnessing it go down, I realized that this man and his wife are going to be killed. And I cried out. It was, it was literally me bellowing, screaming in the cab of my vehicle for, for me and God to hear only. And I screamed, God, no. And scripture tells us to pray with a broken and a contrite heart. And that's so easy for us to not understand that today because those words are not used exactly the same way that they would have been in, in, the, in the New Testament era. 
um, all in, pray all in, um, all the chips are on the table, you're all in, you're, you're, you hurt for the person that you're praying for, you're, you empathize with the person that you're praying for, you've put yourself in their shoes. And it, it just has to be that you care enough to pray for them. You, you don't want that other police officer hurt. You don't want that person to die. And a lot of times officers will steal themselves for a car accident. They will prepare themselves for the fact that they could see terrible things. What about, what about also praying and saying, Lord God, I'm going to, I'm going to go to this wreck and I'm going to have to work this wreck. And I really help me and help me to protect my mind as I go to it, that I would not take home images that would haunt me, that would give me nightmares. You know, help me with the ones I have, Lord God. There's many, many of you guys that struggle with terrible, terrible nightmares because of the awful things you've seen. No human being should know what the inside of a human head looks like, for instance. So that said, um, you're headed to that, that uh, accident or whatever. Pray for the safety of the people involved. Pray for the safety of the other first responders involved. And it can be just a very, very simple thing. And uh, I have done it so many times when I've been riding next to an officer responding to a call. If you can talk on the radio, you can talk to God. If you can talk to the person in the cab of the vehicle next to you, you can talk to God. There is time. And... Um, I pray all the time on the way to Rex when I'm riding with an officer for the safety of the people involved, that there would be no, no severe injuries. And for our safety, there, there have literally been times that I have been like, uh, Lord God, keep the wheels of this vehicle on the ground because we're going to fly to the scene of this thing. And the fastest I've ever been was in a charger with a police officer headed to a physical domestic that a knife had been pulled. And, um, he was coming back from a detail in another town. And so he was, he was like five minutes away and it was his town that he was responding to. And of course, you know, it's every officer's nightmare to be on, to coming, be coming back from mutual aid or a detail or something and coming back into your town hot and, and fail to get there in time. You feel like a failure. You feel like you failed your town and your community. And so he's flying and I'm like, Lord God, keep the wheels of this vehicle on the ground. And, uh, and he did. So talking about the power of prayer, uh, and then we're going to go to our sponsor break and then we're going to come back and I'm going to talk about, uh, I'm going to talk about some of the times I've seen God answer prayer. So, um, let's go to our sponsor break. So I am blessed to have, and this is in my, my second year now, or my second season and second year as well, but my second season with my podcast, uh, my original three sponsors, I've been blessed. And uh, they're hearing from you guys, which is exciting um, that they are um, not everybody has gotten back with me and said, hey, I've heard from different folks, but I have seen it benefit some of the folks that are sponsors. And I appreciate you guys liking their social media and giving them a shout out and telling them where you heard about them. Uh, so let's talk about uh, gentle response. I'm wearing some swag from them today. I've got my gentle response shirt on. John Leo Riley is not only a Christian man who uh, is a retired police officer, but he's also a a man who has learned an amazing amount about de-escalation. And he takes all of those years of de-escalation experience and he distills them into hands-on training where people are in your face, making you learn it under stress and pressure. And anyone who spent any time around the badge understands that if you really want to learn something where you can do it, you can do it without thinking under stress, then you need to understand how to do it um, when you are, uh, you need to be trained under stress to be able to do it, right? 
That's general response. John Lee O'Reilly, check them out. Secondly, we have Got Your Six Coffee. Mm. We got it right here. And so my favorite blend is um, is a Cup of Joe. It's black and rich. It's kind of stylized after World War One, World War II cup of black coffee. They also have Blue Line, and they have Mustang. They have any number of amazing flavors, including flavored coffees. So check them out. They literally use the net profits past what it costs for them to survive. And they use it to take care of our first responders, anyone who dons a uniform of service. Their motto and their mission is service to those who serve. So not just veterans, not just EMTs and paramedics and firefighters, but police officers. And I have seen the lives that they have been able to change. So check out Got Your Six Coffee. If you drink coffee, you should be drinking Got Your Six Coffee. So that said, and then we have Shield Force International, my buddy, my mentor, Matt Combs, uh, Training extraordinaire, what it kind of hand to hand training, firearms training. Um, uh, we're talking surviving the ambush training, mindset training. And he teaches not only in the law enforcement world, but in executive protection and also over like realtor safety, women's safety, and church safety, which is also very near and dear to my heart. If you know anything about me, you know that I am about church safety and security. So check them out. Quick, quick uh, coffee sip break. So coming back to the power of prayer and the power of a praying officer, I don't know how many times I've had police officers call me and say, pray. Um, I was with a young officer. I've talked about the story before, but I was with a young officer one night and we were coming back from a call and he was coming in code Brown. For those of you who don't know what that is, uh, you probably aren't law enforcement, but for those of you who don't know what that is, I've never heard the term. It generally means that you're about to poop your pants. <laughs> you're coming back in and you're like, Lord, please help me not to poop my pants. And he, he looks at me and he, we were in a straightaway and he has me holding the wheel and he is literally shucking gear. And, and for those of you who are not in law enforcement, a lot of officers that are forced to wear belts that instead of vests that have, you know, uh, like, like a plate carrier style vest that has most of their gear on it. Not only is it harder on your back and your hips to carry all of your gear on your belt. That's why the military no longer does it. They put the gear on your chest rig predominantly. Um, that is, um, that also means it's really hard to get that gear off when you have to go to the bathroom. There's belt keepers and all kinds of things that happen there. And there's about 26 pounds of gear around your waist. And so it complicates any number of things, including going to the bathroom. And so this young man looks at me and he's like, I've seen God answer your prayers. Pray that I don't mess myself, basically. And so we head in and uh, and he got there in time and, and everything worked out perfectly. And he literally says, thank God from inside the restroom. Um, I say that and that's funny, but that is an acknowledgement of the power of prayer. He meant it because he, he knew that he had seen God move. And we... We are not the important part of the equation, except that we initiate it. So it's like me flipping on a light switch or starting the coffee pot. It does the rest. And God, God is looking and listening and waiting for us to say, hey, we know that as the created, we have no power over this. But we know as the creator that you do. And I have seen him choose not to answer, but I have seen him the lion's share of the time move. And the word of God says, where two or more are gathered together in my name, there I am also, meaning to be two people who believe. 
And I don't know how many times I've been in, in a vehicle with a police officer, in a police station with a police officer, at dinner with a police officer who is a believer, who is a fervent believer in Christ, and had God answer that prayer. And I don't know how many times I, we, we were responding to a call one night. Um, it was a mutual aid call. I was with a great cop. Uh, we were um, over the radio. We hear that there was a man and he was out in the county that had two knives, one in each hand. And he was high on methamphetamine is what we figured out later. But he was acting very, very crazy. And he actually told uh, the people that uh, he was at their house trying to break into their truck. And he told them, he's like, I am the devil, el diablo. And he was nuts. And I'm not going to tell you that he didn't have a demonic uh, situation going on there. But as we got called mutual aid because the county units were all involved in other things and couldn't get there. So they called an, a, an initial town to go mutual aid. And the poor guy that was going, he's a great guy. Um, he's on blood thinners. And so if he gets slashed by Ginshu boy, he's going to be in trouble. And if he gets nicked, um, he could bleed out. And so we are... We are uh, responding as well, and uh, um, county said asked if we would go as well. And when we did, uh, we're heading there, and I am praying, praying very fervently in the seat next to this police officer that God would keep the police officer that's there first safe. And I think this is one of the first times I prayed this. I'm like, Lord God, go ahead of us and fight this fight. And this to me is important. Um, Literally, the word of God says that the the you know that the the arm will fail, the strength will fail. Um, literally, even the strength of horses will will fail. But the battle belongs to the Lord. And I don't know how many times I have prayed and been like, God, help the person that they're going to arrest, the bad guy. Put it put a a supernatural fear of you, God, in them. It, just a holy and reverent fear of you in them that they would realize they need to surrender. And I have seen it happen again and again and again. I've seen people get tased. I've seen people choose to fight. But literally over nine times out of ten, I've seen people surrender. And surrender and they're freaked out and their eyes are wide and they come out. And this guy, before we got there, fled the scene. I believe that God brought his presence to that situation. You can take it or leave it. But I've been there and I've walked to that and I believe that to be true. And this man, he fled, having dropped both knives. These were big kitchen knives. We get to the scene. One of the officers turns to me because I had gloves on, and he's like, secure those knives and put them in the vehicle. And then we began to hunt for this guy. And literally, the guy had run. They, they talk about uh, tweaker strength or tweaker speed. He had run. He was a pretty good-sized guy. He was a fair amount, close to 300 pounds, a big dude. He had taken off running and was the better part of a mile away um, within a matter of minutes. And uh, for being a big guy, that impressed me. Uh, I guess meth gives you wings. And so the officer on blood thinners ends up, he goes long and we go short. And we're just trying to close the distance in the middle and find this guy. As we are doing so, the guy um, the guy had gotten to this, this yard at the back end of this rural lane. It dead-ended and was he had two chunks of wood and he was using one to beat the other one into the ground. I mean, he was just completely spun on the drugs he was on. And the officer says, um, I've got him located. I'm at the end of whatever lane. 
And so we jumped back in the car. We've been uh, looking at a, a barn or something to, to try to find the guy. And we're flying down the road and we pray again. And I'm like, Lord, help this guy to surrender. Please put a holy and reverent fear of you in him that he would surrender. Um, he's a big guy from the descriptions. He may have another weapon on him. Uh, we knew he had dropped those two knives, but he may have another weapon on him or have improvised one. And the guy surrendered. And later that night after we went home, he actually had to be tased in the jail. He flew into a rage and had to be tased in the jail. He was he was capable of, of being dangerous. He actually assaulted another prisoner in the jail. Um, there is power in prayer. And I could tell you a dozen stories like that. I won't I won't keep you guys listening. We're close to 30 minutes on this podcast, but there is power in prayer. When we pray to Jehovah God, to the Lord God, and we pray and we ask him to move, we're doing so in humility, knowing that we don't have power over this, but we are praying for the safety. Um, I, the only time that I've actually been with an officer in 10 plus years of doing chaplain work, responding to a shooting in progress, that was a first for me, um, I'm praying for the safety of all involved, including the person, because we had heard that there was an individual who had been shot at the scene, and I am praying for their safety. We get there, the guy needed a tourniquet, um, and uh, um, he, he he lived. Um, he was released later that day. Uh, we serve a mighty big God. So I'm going to pray us out. I hope this has blessed you. I welcome questions. Think about, as a believer, as you're responding to things, there's only so much we can do, and it's not about us in our flesh. It's about what God can do. And we don't want officers hurt. We don't want officers injured. And the power of a believing, praying police officer is very, very real and true. You guys go and see things, and you head to things all the time. Add prayer to part of your preparation. Lord God, protect me. Help me to get home safely to my family. Uh, protect the people that I'm going to, to be with, Lord God. And I, I don't know how many times I have prayed, and this is... Part of my thought that I was trying to get to it was how to say this, like heading to a physical domestic, heading to a, um, a home invasion or something like that. I don't know how many times I've prayed and been like, Lord, Lord, you got to go ahead of us and fight this fight. I don't know how many times we've gotten there and the fight was over and people are standing there and they're freaked out. I truly believe God moved. I've seen home invaders flee. That is part of the power of prayer. Um, these people are evil. Uh, when, when these people are doing bad things like this, they are acting in an evil way. And the powerful presence of the Lord going to that situation, I've seen it happen. I've seen it move. And I've seen people go, whoop, I'm done. So uh, I'm going to pray us out. So dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, as always, I pray for the safety of every police officer that hears this, Lord God. Guide, bless, and protect them, Lord God. I talk about, and I mean it, Lord God, when the bad guy tries to ambush them and attack them, Lord God, that you would literally physically cause them to stumble, to trip up, to fall before they can hurt one of these who have been tasked with protecting us, with keeping us safe. Lord God, we live in troubled times. And uh, I ask that you would guide each and every police officer that hears this and that you would keep them safe, Lord God. I ask that you would guide them closer to you because being close to you is incredibly important, Lord God. There's no more there's no more confident man than the man who knows that if he does die, if he lays his life down for his friends, where he's going to go, Lord God. I have walked it. I have literally walked into those situations with officers knowing that if I laid my life down at that moment, I'm going to heaven, not because I'm perfect, not because I'm anywhere near special, but because of, of the fact that you have saved me from my sins. I know that I would go to heaven because of that. And I ask for this, that you would pour out your spirit on 
the police officers in our country and that you would guide them to you and your salvation because walking in that confidence is unbelievably powerful. And Lord God, I ask that you would bend literally the bullets around these police officers that if someone again tries to harm them, you would literally keep them safe. And um, we just ask this in the one name that makes it possible in your son Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. I'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to the Beside the Badge podcast. Stay safe out there and be sure to subscribe and share this podcast.